0: Christina, and I love God, and he loves me, that settles it completely, and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and um, yeah, um, when I was, I grew up in church, and I always wanted to, like, get up there and dance, and just, like, give it my all, but I was scared, because, you know, wouldn't have the right outfit on, or the people would laugh at me, and <laughs> yeah. So one I've b- I've learned, I've gotten into that, like gotten to worship, not caring, and just totally abandoning myself because God is worthy, and I'm, <laughs> and I'm like this like small being, and He's awesome, and He created everything, and He's cool.
1: Rihanna, and um,
2: <laughs>
1: I was kind of like shy before, and um, worship has really helped me to kind of open up to people, and yeah, if you guys know I was shy before; I wouldn't talk to anybody. In love with me, and that settles it, and so, um, completely, (laughs) and, um, yeah, it's cool what God's doing.
3: My name's Erica. Wow. Um, I these are my sisters right here. My sisters, I love them, and we have all grown up like she said in church. And before um, last summer, I kind of jumped around with my friends and stuff like that, and just because it was the cool thing to do. And and I never had like a hardcore one-on-one experience with God. And I went on a missions trip to Brazil with um, a girl down there named Larissa and her sister Deborah. And we were totally and completely rocked down there. And God just totally met with us. And ever since then, I can't stop expressing how much I love him and how much I worship him and how much I praise him because he is worthy. And it's he has completely changed my life. Like if you knew me last summer, like the end of the school year into the beginning of the summer, Until now, you would have seen just how much I've changed and how much I've grown in God. And it just started with stepping out and abandoning myself in worship. So. Hello.
4: My name is Tiffany. Hi, Tiffany. Hi. I also grew up in the church, but... um, How many of you can say you truly had an experience with God in your lifetime? Like you've heard his voice or you've felt his presence or anything like that. Basically what we're all talking from is experiences of experiencing God. Because that's where your worship starts. If if you come into a worship service and you're singing a song about how great God is, but you haven't personally experienced the greatness of God in your own life, you're not going to be able to sing that with the true meaning of it. You know what I mean? And so... So it's important for you to initially have that that first step out and and be like, okay, God, I haven't experienced you. I haven't felt your presence. I want to feel your presence. You know, interact with me so that I I can at least know that you're real to worship you in that way. Because to say that you're a great God and I don't even know who you are, how am I going to do that? Like I can read the Bible and say, yeah, I guess I believe that because this book seems pretty old and it's it's probably true, but you personally need to have an experience with God. And for me, um, I remember I was on a youth retreat. It was probably maybe, uh, I won't say how long ago, because that might just be too much dating myself. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) let's say I was in like eighth or ninth grade, okay? Um, And and I was like, you know what? I feel like all my friends are really passionate, and I want to experience you, God. I want to be able to actually be that way and not be faking it, like not doing it just because I've seen other people worship like that or whatever. And so I was like, God, I really want to encounter you. And all he said to me, like I heard I heard God say to me, I love you. And that like to me was, wow, okay, you know, it seems really simple. And we say it to people all the time, oh, I love you, bye, you know. And But to hear it from God, like the person, the, the man who created you was like, I love you. I delight in you, you know. I was like, Wow. So then I felt like, okay, I can worship now. I have, I have a, a reason to worship because God is good and he, he has love for me. So now I can worship. So uh, I guess my, my heart for you guys today is just that when we're in these times of worship this week, if you haven't experienced him or if you have to just step on that platform and worship him from there and then see how much more God will meet you and you go further and further and you just get so addicted you just want to worship more and more because it's, it's an interaction with heaven and it's an interaction with God, you know? And uh, yeah, so go for go for it.
5: <laughs> Hello, my name is John. Hi John. Hi John. Hi, John. And did you say that we were married? This is my wife, Tiffany. We were married a couple of months ago. Um, yeah, that's exciting. Good stuff. Uh, uh, which is really exciting because we both play m- uh, musical instruments and lead worship. And I'm excited to do what God has created us to do together. And, and uh, that's that's kind of what my heart is, is to, because I love music. I love all kinds of music. I grew up, my dad was a worship leader. And before that, he was in a bluegrass band. And he loves Latin music and some rap, believe it or not. If you knew him, you'd think that's kind of <laughs> odd. But um <coughs> so growing up around that, I just, I love music. Like I can't go a day without listening to music. I think I have, but it was really hard. Um, but uh, music was created for God. He created it so that you know the worship. Um, it was for Him. It was purposed for Him. And the last session we talked about uh, Lucifer was the worship leader in heaven, and he was actually created out of musical instruments. And he ex- wanted to exalt himself above God. He did exalt himself above God and was casted out. And uh, so the enemy and darkness has taken over a lot of music of what it is today. And m- my heart is to see it captured and brought back to its true purpose and true form, uh, which is worship. So as much as I like music, worship is definitely at the top of the list there. Um, so, and it doesn't have to be cheesy there's a lot of honestly there's a lot of christian music out there that's not appealing to youth and that's why they don't listen to it i, I don't like a lot of it just to be honest but there's there is good stuff out there you have to search to find it but it can it can be so much more than that whether you know whether it's cool or not
6: Hi, my name is Matt. Hi. Um, I guess um, my experience lately is a little different. How many of you guys have a job or a summer job that you. You guys don't have jobs? Oh, do you want to share what your job is? You're a caddy at the Greenbrier, that's a golf course. Okay, so you're a caddy. You're carrying around, you carry the clubs or you get get the cart, you gotta carry them, right? Yeah, that bag gets heavy around like 17th hole. Yeah, sometimes you like don't really like your job and it's kinda difficult, It's kinda hot out, maybe a little humid, it's an indoor course. (laughs) What? Well, in my experience, I don't know about you guys, but, um, my job sometimes gets really difficult, and, um, what God's revealed to me, um, I don't know where it is, but I know it's in the scriptures because I've read it, um, it says, whatever you do, work at it with your whole heart, as if working for the Lord. That's true, right? Um, I feel that that is one way to worship God, and, um a really powerful way, especially um, when it's hard and when you don't like it. Um, it's another opportunity outside of, like, music and church. So, um, that's what I have to share.
7: Hello, everybody. My name is Shauna. Hi, Shauna. Hey, um, <coughs> my experience with worship is, um, just growing up, I grew up um, in a Christian home, and we went to church every Sunday. And um, worship was kind of just like singing, and we'd go to church and we'd sing, and we'd stand up, and we'd sing a couple songs, and we'd sta- sit down and stand up and sit down. And there wasn't a whole lot of Holy Spirit involved. And um, I really, really love to worship now because now I can actually feel I can actually feel God come down. In me, and I can feel him around me when I worship, and I just feel like I must give my all to Jesus when I'm worshiping, when I'm dancing, when I'm singing, when I'm praying. That because Jesus is so worthy and so powerful, that that I have to, I can't not. It's, there's something in me that does not let me not worship God, and um, and I'm so happy that that I found that. I because my whole life it was like. It wasn't really there, and um, so uh, that was really cool. <laughs>
8: uh, hello, my name is Larissa. I just wanted to tell that, God me so much. Oh, I'm sorry guys, did you get any of that? Sorry. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I was saying that God loves me so much, and um, throughout my whole life, I've I've been through some hard times, you know, and well, I was born in Brazil, and I was speaking Portuguese, so so you guys could just listen to a little of it. So um, I was born there, and. My life was pretty cool. I mean, I, I grew up in the church, and my parents were like pastors. And then, like one day when I was about 12 years old, my parents were like, "All right, we're getting divorced, guys." And I was like, "Huh. All right." So um, there wasn't much I could do about it, right? <laughs> so I was like, "Okay, it's their problem, not mine." So, um, and God really like I I didn't know what to turn to because my parents had disappointed me, and I was like okay, I'm just going to go to church, and I'm just going to see what God has for me. But still, I was just like, I was trying to perform, and I was trying to be something that I wasn't. And um, my mom was invited to come to the U.S. and to just go around and preach and stuff like that. So she came, and then she w- God told her that she was supposed to move to the U.S. So my mom came home one day and uh, came home from the U.S., and she was like, hey, guys, guess what? We're moving to the United States. So I was, like, my parents had just got, gotten divorced, and now I was going to leave, like, all my friends, like, everyone, and I'm, I was going to go to a country. I didn't know anybody, and I didn't speak the language, and I was, like, so scared. And I was, I was, like, it's just, like, really hard because you don't have any friends. You come with your family, and you're, like, okay. And um, I used to sit in church, and I'd be, like, this cool music, I just don't know what they're saying. And, but I learned with time and God helped me like do all of it. And then last year we went to Brazil on a mission trip and God used me like a lot and if I hadn't come to the U.S., God w- would not have used me as much. And God worked in my heart and I became so passionate for him. How many of you guys like during worship, you're just sitting there and you have like that hunger just like to get up and like just worship God with all your heart but you don't because you're scared Uh, just be honest I know you guys do and I was like I was totally like that I was like God I want to worship you so bad but like everybody's going to look at me and it's going to judge me and I don't want that for me so I would just sit back and just watch and I was like I'm so jealous of those people who are just up there and they don't even care what people think and God just changed my my whole view, and he was like, I don't want you to be scared of me. I want you to to just follow me with all you have. And once I started doing that, God has just been, like, talking to me all the time, and that's just about it. <laughs> um,
9: my name's Alicia. Hi. 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 Um, so worship, for me, is, like, the easiest way for me to connect with God, because I'm not that good at praying yet. Does anybody not that good at praying? <laughs> or is it hard? Is it hard for you to pray, to be honest? It's hard for me to pray. I'm just not that good at it. But I found that, like, if I start worshiping, like, towards the end of worship, it actually kind of, like, awakes my heart and my spirit to start praying. So, like, that's, like, a tool for me for prayer is just to start with worship, and worship for a while, and it kind of helps me lead into prayer. And that's kind of how it should be. It's kind of we worship, and the presence of God comes down, and then start, um, we'll talk about intercession tomorrow, and start praying and interceding. Um, one of the things I like to think about uh, during worship is just that nobody else can give my worship to God. Like, out of 100,000 people, like, God sees me, he's like, Alicia's worshiping, like, it looks so cool, like. Nobody else can worship like I can. I mean, I could do things that, like, look like every, everybody else, but because God made me special, <laughs> I like, it, there's nobody else that can give my worship to God, and I just think that's so cool. And like Tiffany was talking about in the last, um, with the middle school, in heaven, we're going to be singing, you know, holy, 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 like, for eternity. But here on earth, we have all these trials, and, and nobody's making us do anything. So for our it's a choice for us to to worship God, and that makes it even more precious to him for us to choose, you know, amongst <laughs> everything in our life just to worship him. Um, I have this brother, he's 20, and he, like, hates to worship. He stands there, and he's like, it's so hard. He's like, I don't know why. It's just so hard to worship. And one of the things he says is he feels he feels fake, like he feels like a hypocrite because he's sometimes he does bad things, and he's living in sin sometimes, so he feels like he can't even worship any time that there's nothing that can keep us there's nothing we could do that could keep us from worshiping God like there's nothing we could do that can make our worship vain is, is what I've learned like even if like an hour ago I was mean to somebody or maybe last night I yelled at my kids like that can't that can't keep me from worshiping God like my worship is still it's still for him it's not for me um, um another thing um wanted to say was like as far as freedom and worship, it's been a real process for me. I didn't start like right away just jumping around and being crazy. I, I play the violin. Did you guys see me play violin? Anybody play an instrument in here? Cool. Um I was really I'm still kind of a nervous person, but I was really, really shy before and I still kinda am. But it's been like practice for me. Like I started kinda like moving around and then I started like lifting my hands and I started um Jumping around. So, like, don't feel like you're being fake. I have a I have two kids, I have a one-year-old and a four-year-old. And um, the four-year-old, he likes to break dance. He can't do it that well. Um, but it is so cute. Like he does these moves and he just falls over into this big pile. And I'm like, <gasps> that was so adorable. Like, even if like, you know, Jimmy did it over there one time or he saw somebody else do it, it's still so special because he's doing it. So even if you want to like raise your hand, even, you know, everybody else is doing it. God sees you because you're so precious to him. He's like, oh, my daughter's worshiping me. So, that's just stuff that I've learned um, during worship.
10: Hi, guys. My name where it got really intimate was when I was around 13, there was an altar call at my church. And this altar call, God was just like totally on me about going up. Okay, so like it's like regular service. And it wasn't even like youth group. And I, I mean, he just would not let me go. And like I was shaking. I was like, I don't want to go up. I was really nervous. But he was really on me to go up. And so I go up. And guess what? I'm like, You know, like I said, I was like around 13. I'm the only one standing up there. Not one adult came up, so I'm just standing up there. And all I could do was just raise my hands and tell God how much I loved him. But I didn't realize that that one altar call was like significant in my life to change the way that I viewed him and the way that I loved him. So this week, I'm encouraging you guys, one altar call can make a difference in your life. Um, After that, um, we moved shortly after. And I remember times in my room I would put on my um, music and I would sit on the floor and I would be doing something else. Like I would be coloring something or just something small or just doing something, playing something. And all of a sudden the music would kind of like take over and it was talking about how much um, it was a female. I don't know who it was, but just how much she loved God. And all of a sudden I would start crying and I didn't know what was going on. And it, it, it was just that God was already calling me to worship him, and you don't even know how or why it's happening the way it is, but um, I could tell you that now when I worship, because of those early days that he just kind of like pulled me out from that one altar call and then kind of like trained me how he wanted me to worship him, that now it's so much better and so much deeper. But it started from that one altar call. It started from those times in my room by myself just listening to those lyrics and worshiping him and crying and letting him come in and touch my heart. And today, when I'm having a really hard time, um, just what's going on, because right now I'm in medical school, and that can be really, really stressful and really taxing. And so now when I can come to him and I can worship him and I can just be still, and when I've had a really hard day or things aren't going as well as I'd like them to, with grades or whatever, or learning or all those things, I can come to him and just collapse on him. And I can worship him and just be still. And to me, that's priceless because that's the only thing that's going to take me through. And what I want to tell you is that everyone in here is going to have a hard time. You're going to have a moment where you just need God and nothing else is going to pull you through. And it's going to take that moment where you can just go to God and collapse on him. But it's not going to be all of a sudden your worship is just going to kick in and you're going to be this really good worshiper all, all of a sudden. It's going to start with maybe an altar call where you go up and you close your eyes, you don't look around, and you just say, okay, God, I'm here for you and no one else. It might be just that one time or one time when you're in your room by yourself and you're just listening to that worship music and you let his spirit just touch you. So I encourage you this week, if they're calling you up and there's an altar call and you go up and you're just worshiping him, just to be still and be quiet and listen to him because there'll be a time when you need him. You'll need him desperately. And it won't, it won't come from because you just decided to love him all of a sudden. He'll be there for you regardless. But if you can come to him because you're already used to him, you're already used to going to his spirit, then there's a place of intimacy that he loves to be with you. And you already love to be with him, and it's not foreign to you. You already know to run to him. And it's a beautiful place. And you know that you're safe. You know you're protected. You know that everything's going to be all right because he's with you.
11: All right, we're going to open it up for questions, but I want to share one thing that I forgot to share the first session. How many of you guys have ever had a coloring book in crayons? How many of you have ever colored something and your parents put it on the fridge? How many of you still see some of that crap on your fridge? Okay. That's scary, but it's beautiful, okay? Because we look at that stuff and we're like, oh my gosh, what was I thinking? That tree has eyes or that dog has a butt on its face. I mean, when we worship God, sometimes our worship feels that stupid to us. But to him, it's something beautiful that he hangs on his fridge and he would show it to all of his friends if God had friends, okay? Um it's a metaphor, okay, um, <laughs> take it a little loosely, but it's something its something beautiful, and Jesus said, my friends are those who do the will of the Father, so we're all his friends in essence, but at this point, I want to open you guys up to ask questions of anybody on the panel, and you can say uh, guy in the green shirt with the thing that looks like etnies, is that what it is? I don't know what it is. All right or whatever, because you may not remember their names. But it's important that you get your question on the mic, so just raise your hand, and Joel is our runner. He'll get you the mic if you have a question.
9: time um, this is probably a couple years ago in our church we had a visitor come and he um, none of us knew him and, and before he came I guess him and his wife were really struggling and he was depressed and just just thinking about horrible things and just really really I mean really really depressed. Um, and he came and uh, church I think we were after worship I think and we were praying for him and, and I was up there with my violin I think worship was over and our, our pastor was just like, we play. The violin and another sister in our church started praying, and I was just playing this sad song, and um, it was really sad. It sounded pretty morbid, and I was just playing, and didn't really know why. And I, was, you know, played for a while, and um, afterwards we found out that we we hadn't even known that he was struggling with depression before he came, before he came, and so um, we had found out that he was actually close to even killing himself, and he came, and as we prayed for him, and as I played things actually got like broken off of him and um it was almost like between the violin and people praying for him like things in the, sp- in the spirit were actually broken off for him and it and he didn't kill himself so that's pretty cool
7: um mine is kind of on the receiving end um and uh, we have at our church we have um night we do an evenings called Whip. It stands for worship, intercession and prophecy. Okay. <laughs> and um I was just being prayed for one night and I've been through a lot of hard times in my life and done a lot of things that that I'm wish I wouldn't have done. <laughs> and um I just I just could really feel the presence of God and having hands laid on me and people being people praying for me. I could almost like physically feel like ties being broken and like chains of bondage that have chained me probably for my whole life, um, just being broken just by the Holy Spirit, by by prayer and um and, and worship. And so um yeah. That was neat.
5: Um I'll tell a story of uh, I was on a mission trip over in Africa, in Mozambique. And uh, <coughs> we went to visit this church in a village a couple hours away. And uh, there were um, there was a, like a warlock that was in the village, warlock and, and witches. And uh, I guess this girl was like uh, someone underneath of him that he had maybe cast a spell over. She was like a servant to this warlock. And um, we did a church service one of those nights. We did actually all three of the nights we were there. But this night, she was there, and um, you know we preached the gospel. And she came up to receive prayer afterwards. And um, this is something I didn't share in the to the middle schoolers, but um, I'll, I'll remind me to say it at the end what I didn't say to the middle schoolers because it doesn't fit yet. Um, so I started praying for this girl, and you know everybody else received their prayer, and they kind of got up, but this girl, was, she started rocking back and forth and manifesting um, because she, she had a demon in her, or a couple demons. And um, so then the pastors who were there from the church, they were Mozambican, and they, they started to pray for her, and they asked me to get my guitar and start to play worship and sing to God. Um and there's a story in the Bible of King Saul. He would ask musicians to come and play before him when his soul was distressed and, and, and uh, vexed because it would bring peace to his soul. And so while I'm playing worship and singing to God and these people are praying for her, she was delivered from uh, this demon, which was really intense. Like, I never seen anything like it before. I didn't even know it was going to happen. It's like, hey, grab your guitar and sing to Jesus oh, okay, it's going to help cast this demon out. And um, so but what I was going to say was the, the anointing that, that um, I have entered into, that God's placed on my life, was that when I prayed for her, it was the thing that stirred that up within her. Like, because my pastor was telling me maybe any, anybody could have prayed for her, but because of the anointing on my life and, and the worshiper that God's called me to be, that's the thing that stirred up within her, like it was conflicting. The demons inside of her didn't like me praying for her and asking God to come into her life. So it was really intense, probably the most intense experience in worship. I, ha- I mean, wasn't me that really experienced it, but I got to be a part of that, um, her getting released. Amen.
12: No stupid questions here. Come on. All right, how about
11: do any of you guys here at campers have any experiences where you were actually working, even if it was just last night at camp, where God does did something important to you for you before, during, or after worship? Raise your hand, and we'll bring a mic to you.
1: In Brazil, it was like the first time I really worshiped God. We're in this mission strip, right? And it was like it lasted like two and a half weeks, I think. And the first week, it was like different parts, it, it was divided into two, two parts. The mission strip was so it was like the last night that we were in this one city, and we, we had been there for a week. And everybody's like going crazy everywhere, like the Holy Spirit is just falling on people. And I'm just like, okay. I was just watching because nothing really happened to me, and I was like, "Come on, God, give me something." And nothing would happen because I wasn't really going after God. I was going after the results of it. I was kind of like, "I want to like shake, like they're shaking, and go crazy, like because the Holy Spirit's falling on me or whatever." So there was this one night that I was just tired of everything because I was like, "You know what? It just feels like I never receive anything, and God doesn't even care." And then I realized what I was doing, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, I'm not even going after God anymore. Now I'm just..." What am I I thinking? And then I was like, right then, I just lifted up my hands, and I was like, God, I don't care what happens. I don't care if I feel your presence on me or not. And I don't care if I do look weird and go crazy. I just want more of you. And it was that night after, like, probably like 10 minutes after that, this one preacher guy came, and he, like, prayed for me. And I fell on the floor, and God's presence fell on me so strong. And it was just like the best experience of my life because it was a real breakthrough. And it just took me saying, okay, God, do whatever you want to do. And I don't care what I look like. And I don't care if, if it doesn't look like anything. I just want more of you. And that's when it happened, so.
11: Anybody else have anything? All right, next story.
8: Okay, um, on the missions trip, the last night we had was called the night to remember and it really was a night to remember and this is what we did we had like this really nice dinner and then we worshiped like everybody was dressed up then we went to our rooms changed and then c- came back to worship and this worship was worship like i've never seen before it was like the most one of the most intense worships i've ever been to and It was, like, they started playing, like, this really, really fun music to dance to. And we did what we call, like, a fire tunnel. Does anybody know what a fire tunnel is? What is it, tip?
11: You have a bunch of people who have the gifts of the Holy Spirit line up, and they usually form two sides, and then people pass through it, and they get prayed (laughs) for, hands laid on, et cetera.
8: Right. So it was, like, an endless fire tunnel. So we had the fire tunnel going, like, all around the room, Okay. And it was like a big room. It was like this. And we had the chairs all pushed back. And we just had space. That's all we had. And we had this fire tunnel and people on fire because we had just like ministered to this bunch of people. And we're like, just some fire for God. We're like, yeah, God rocks. And we're like just so, like, it was so amazing. And they started playing this really cool music. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I have to dance. So I started jumping up and down. And I was like, Oh, my gosh. Like, I was on the outside of the the fire tunnel. I was praying for people that were passing by, and I was like, I can't stand in here. So, like, I just went to the middle because people were dancing around in the middle of the circle where there was nothing going on. Well, there was (laughs) because we're jumping around. So, anyways, we're, like, just going back and forth. I was, like, jumping all over the place. And then, like, I was like, hey, maybe I'm going to go through the fire tunnel. So, I go, like, and there are people, like, on both sides of me, and I'm going through it. And, like, I'm so excited. I'm like – I can't take this. i got to pray for you, God. More fire. And, like, people started falling down. And it was, like, the most intense thing I've ever seen. And God touched, like, our hearts so much. That was, like, I was, after that night, I was, like, I'm just going to go for God (laughs) because, you know, it's so, like, exciting. It is really exciting. Like, once you start worshiping and you don't care what people think, you're, like, Here I'm just, like, happy to be, like, God's child or whatever. And, you know, it's really cool. And it's just my experience of worship, if you guys want (laughs) to (laughs) know.
4: So earlier in the In the, in the last session we were talking about secular music versus Christian music. What are you guys' thoughts on that? I mean, I- if I can ask you questions. Like, um, <laughs> like I'm not going to stand up here and say it's wrong to listen to secular music. But let me tell you what I do think. <laughs> um, th- we were talking earlier, and there it's it's attractive, and she was saying it's attractive because s- Satan was Lucifer in heaven, the, the minstrel, music man, or whatever, and now he's cast down the earth. So worldly music is way more attractive, it seems like, in some situations, because it seems like the church hasn't caught up to what the actual sound should be coming out of us. And, and I know all of us can say, I, b- I believe that there is a new sound that is being uh, raised up in the church, and it's, it's going to be out of you guys. You know, it's out of all of us here who are pressing in with our whole hearts. And there's there's an abandonment that's rising up in the youth of, of this nation. You guys are a part of it. Just being here this week, you're stepping out and saying, I'm a part of this movement, I'm a part of this generation, and I'm, gonna, I'm here to see the new sound be released in the earth. And it's going to outdo every secular band you've ever heard. <laughs> I promise you, because it's going to have the anointing from heaven. So, back to... Uh Back to the secular whatever. Every every type of music has a spirit on it. If you would only listen to Britney Spears all week long, uh, you would probably start to dress different. You'd probably start to talk different. You would probably start to hang out with different people, and you would be desiring things that wouldn't be God's desire for your life. You know what I mean? Um, an example of this, it's kind of funny and maybe a little outdated, but um, my dad was really – was, he was really depressed, and and he just was like, I don't understand what this is. Like, there, you know, finances are good, uh, you know, all this stuff is good, family's good. Why am I so depressed? And I was like, well, what are you listening to right now? And he had been listening to Alanis Morissette. Okay, do you guys know who she is? <laughs> okay, <laughs> she's like really dark. I mean, and maybe some of her songs sound kind of happy, but like, they're not. Okay. <laughs> like, isn't it ironic? Uh, yeah. Um, <laughs> she, she's just really a depressed person, and so when she's writing songs out of uh, this place of depression and this place of hurt and rejection, that's what's coming through in her music. So when you are, are listening to it, you're like, oh, man, this girl's really sad. I feel sad for her. But as you continue to let it penetrate your spirit, it becomes a part of you, and you're like, yeah, that does stink, and I don't, uh, it's all, I'm, now I'm depressed, and blah, 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 blah. So, so I would say examine your hearts, you know, your attitudes. Like, your attitudes come from the spirits that are attached to you. And it's like, okay, if you're filling yourself with, um, I know like Shauna was saying earlier, she would listen, in, listen to songs that would say do bad things or, you know, rebel against this, rebel against that. And that's the result that came out. And it's like, whoa, if you just stop and think, like, is this really what I want to fill my heart with? You know, and, and like I guess Joel said earlier, he said, you know, What you eat is what you become. So everything you're taking in is what you're going to become. So in music, it's especially powerful just because of the position that Satan had when he was in heaven. Um, But yeah, so I encourage you guys to even, it says in, uh, let's break open the Bible, shall we? Psalms, you don't have to, I can just do it. It's Psalms 98. And all through the Psalms, David's like, sing a new song to the Lord, sing a new song to the Lord. So when you take that experience that you had with God, like we were all sharing about these experiences we had, and we begin to sing a song to the Lord out of it, like not even the words on the screen, just a song from your heart to God, that that's like, that's the new sound, that's the new song, and that's the new sound. So I, I'd encourage you guys to be, the, to be the creators of the new sound and the new song, because if, if it comes from your heart of worship towards God, then it's going to be more powerful than if... Matt Redman, or if one of these top name worship leaders writes a good song, it's it means more when it comes from you, like Alicia was saying, like, oh, that's a song from, from you, that's that's from your heart to, to God, you know, and it's a way it's way more powerful, so um, but yeah, whatever, just examine your hearts, and I, I challenged the first group, and I'm going to challenge you guys, if you're having a bad week, listen to Strictly Worship music, it'll change your heart, it really will, it really will, because there's power in it, and, and um, and I know not all worship music is great, <laughs> like John was saying. There's some that you can find that's amazing. And if you just let the Spirit of God move through that person to penetrate your heart, you'll, your heart will change. I promise. <laughs> Psalms 98. Sing, a new, sing to the Lord a new song for he has done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. It's all, all through the Psalms. It says, sing to the Lord a new song. Psalm 96. We a few pages, 110, 112. And, and David, the thing about David is he worshiped God when he felt terrible, when, you know, the wolves were trying to take his sheep. He was praising God. <laughs> when he had to fight the bears and lions, whatever, he was praising God. And then and then in times where it was good, he was praising God. So it's not just worship when you're happy. It's worship in every situation, in every circumstance, because it's a sacrifice of praise that draws God's presence to you.
11: God... But God said of David, David is a man after my own heart. And one of the things that David did that was revolutionary was he started, it's called uh, David's Tabernacle or the Tabernacle of David. He started night and day worship. He gathered 400 and some musicians together and built a team and they worship night and day, nonstop, 24 hours a day. Um, There are places that are actually reviving that today. um, One of them is the International House of Prayer in Kansas City um it's ihop.org if you want to look them up a lot of their musicians are great one of the things we'll do is also have like all these teams like write down their top 10 favorite songs probably right now and then we can maybe put a, a list of that up on where you guys can get them from itunes or something um so
13: next question okay like i'm really scared Like I was I was waiting and seeing, like, I was waiting, and I knew God had something for me, and I was waiting, and I knew I, knew I was here to serve the Lord, and I had something to say, but I, I just couldn't, I just couldn't get it out, I was waiting, and then last night, it was, like, during worship, I was just, like, asking God to show me something, show me something more, and I think, like, getting prayed over is a wonderful feeling, I think it's, like, wonderful high. And it gave me more courage and bravery. Like, I wouldn't have said this if, like, I don't know. But after last night, and I got this gift that is wonderful, and I can, I got the gift of speaking in tongues, and I'm so excited. Like, I just want to, I just want to, I just want to use it for good, and I just, like, could not stop thanking the Lord. And more like strength and to show my story and it's just a phenomenal feeling.
12: Can I say something to you um, about that it, the Bible says to build yourself up praying in the Holy Ghost and that empowers you like you said I want to share my story and I just want to encourage you in that. to. Continue in it, practice in it, go further with it because it'll it'll build you up to be able to be more influential and do the things that you really want to do.
3: You're Annie, right? Um, I just wanted to tell you that, like, that's really amazing. We were talking last night about the Holy Spirit and stuff like that, and I just wanted to encourage you because there it says in um Song of Solomon four nine that that we are ravished by God's heart, which means, ravished means that that we're, yeah, sorry, God is ravished by our heart. (laughs) And um, ravished means to be wounded in love. And if you think about that, that's amazing, that us, we're like these creatures of sin and, and all this stuff, and we have all these struggles, but just one glance from our eyes, wounds him in love. When we look up to him, he's like, ah, oh, she just looked at me. Did you guys see that? Did you guys see that she looked at me? Man, I love her. I just want to, oh, my gosh. I just want to give her more gifts. I want to love her more. I just want to show her my love more and more. And as you keep looking and seeking after God, he's going to keep giving you more gifts. and He's going to keep showing his love to you. And you're going to keep, like, you're going to be build, built up more and more and more. And it's just really amazing. And you have a lot of cool things to look forward to. But what I wanted um to say was like how Larissa and Deborah were um well, you didn't say anything. How Larissa was talking about how when we went <laughs> to Brazil, sorry, and all these amazing things were happening, how God was touching our lives. When I was down there during um right like during worship I was sitting up at the front and these girls, two Brazilian girls were seeing angels and seeing things that they were doing in the room and how they were um touching people. They were literally seeing them and they were weeping and weeping. And this guy that we met down there named John, he had um, this oil on his hands and it was like, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> it was going out on people. <laughs> anyway, and and it was it was just, it was dripping off of his hands and it was It was like jumping out, and I didn't know that they were seeing that. And I was sitting there, and all of a sudden, I just I felt this peace and this love, and I was just being washed over me. And I started to weep, and I started to weep. Even thinking about it now, I can I can still feel it, still with me. And I'm not gonna cry. And (laughs) it makes me want to, but I'm not going to. But that stuff just doesn't happen in other countries. It happens here in America, uh, where we live, up in Maryland. During worship, we were at this church, and we pray just us kids, just us teenagers and young people were praying for people, and they were being healed. Forty people were healed. And that, in that region, that doesn't happen like that that often. And just to know that that happened because the worship band was up there, and they were singing and pouring their heart out to God It just shows that when you worship God, he can use you. You know, so I just really encourage you because we're called. It says in in the um, Bible, sing to the Lord, you saints of his, praise his holy name. It's a command. It says that we should praise him because he's worthy. And, like, I don't know how to stress to you enough just how when you worship, it breaks things in the spirit.
7: a lot of times, sometimes we won't feel like worshiping. Like, I'll get to church or I'll, I'll, I'll get to whip, and I'm like, man, i had been up since 4 o'clock in the morning. I've worked all day. I'm tired. I don't feel like doing this. You know, I'm just too tired for this. And um, God doesn't say, worship me when you're feeling good or worship me when you have enough energy or worship me during this time when everything's cool. He wants us to worship him all the time, especially when we just don't feel like it. Sometimes we're just I know for me, I'm like, oh, I'm just not feeling really spiritual right now. And if I'm singing, I just don't really feel it. But we have to do it anyways. Just like Tiffany was saying, God commands us that we have to worship him. He, it's not an option. It's, n- it's just not. And so just when you're, not, when you're feeling down or when you're feeling just not spiritual or just not like worshiping, that's when we need to do it the most.
9: Um, Thank you so much for sharing. That's so cool. Um, Just with, like, worship or even ministry, a lot of times our pastor will say, you can start flapping in the flesh before you you soar in the spirit. A lot of times, like, when we step out, you know, the first few times, we're not going to be like, oh, right on, you know, soaring, whether we're, like, dancing or whether we're praying for somebody or ministering. um, it, It can take practice, but just an effort, like, I want to talk about my babies again. Um, if Elijah or one of my sons, you know, does a trick or like draws a picture, I'm not going to be like, "Oh, that's terrible! Like, that's not good at all! Like, try again!" Or if he does a trick and falls, I'm not going to be like, "Oh, that's not cute." You know, God so appreciates like our our efforts and our our willingness just to step out.
10: Um, I just wanted to add a scripture to um, all the the awesome talk about worship. This is in John four. Um, verse 23, it says, Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And this is key right here, guys, this next part. For they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. So he's saying he seeks after this kind of worshiper. So this is like a Bible key. Like if we could like gong right now and like what's the whole point of worship. This is what He's seeking. God is spirit, and his worshipers must worship him in spirit and in truth. So first of all, the Holy Spirit is upon you. You've accepted Jesus Christ in your life. The Holy Spirit is on you. So his spirit will lead you on how to worship. If it's dancing, if it's on the floor, if it's kneeling down, if it's getting intimate and worshiping him in a corner by yourself. That's the spirit leading you. But the second part, I think, is key as well, that you're worshiping him in truth. And somet- something that uh, Alicia was just saying is sometimes you don't feel like it, and that's the truth. Your body is tired. Your mind is weary with all the things you're thinking about. But we come to back to the truth, and that truth is Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. He died for you. He shed his blood for you. And sometimes when you don't feel like it, you can still come back to that truth. That truth is always constant. That one thing is always true. And another thing is that he is your creator, and he is always worth it. Even when you don't feel like it, he is worthy of praise. He deserves it. So even when you're tired and things don't really matter and you're just like sick of life maybe and you have issues like we all do, you can still come back to that truth that he died for you. He loves you and he deserves it from you. He's not like someone that took advantage of you during the day or yelled at you or, you know, was talking about you behind your back or maybe was supposed to be your good friend, and then all of a sudden just, you know, skipped out on you, it's not like that, he was consistently loving you before you were even born, he is always deserving of your praise, always deserving, he's worth it, so I think that we need to come to that when we, when it's time to worship, and not looking around, not bored, not saying, okay, I have to worship, because that's what we're talking about, and everyone's looking at me, he deserves it, he deserves it from your heart. So I encourage you this week to, to really think about that that truth.
8: <laughs> just really, really, really quick. Okay. Uh, you are saying, like, you're asking of God, like, he, you knew God had something for you, and you're just asking for it. Um, I just, I feel like that a lot. And what I've been learning is that when you want something from God, you have to get it. You're like, God, I want this. All right, Thanks. <laughs> That's how it's gotta be like, Okay, give it to me. I want it now And it's not like
3: God please give it to me
8: you know, like I, I know it's cool, like you can do that if you want to. But I mean it's just like it feels like you're gonna get it more, you know, like you're like, Yes, God is gonna give it to me, it's coming, like I can feel it, you know.
12: It's very similar to the uh, Israelites. God gave them the land. God gave them, He said, This is your inheritance and then he said, Go in and fight for it. And he had, they had to go in and take the land. It wasn't something that they just like. Every, but he said, "I will be with you, and I'll send the hornets ahead of you. I'll drive out the people, not too soon, so that the, grant the land doesn't be o- it doesn't become overgrown. So he'll he'll help you get it. But he's also commanding you to go in and get it."
6: Yeah, that's really good. Um, sometimes you really just need to step out and take a risk and make yourself vulnerable. Um, one thing that when I worship, something that really helps me is I just reflect on all the good things that God has done in my life. Um, All the really hard times that he's brought me out of that is ridiculous like I couldn't have got out myself. I don't know if you can think of stuff like that but like times where God has actually saved my life Um, and no one else or, nor myself had any part in it, and uh, I just rejoice in that. Um, even just thinking about people um, who have it much worse than myself, don't have two parents, or don't even have parents, or don't even have a house when it's cold out, don't even have warmth, like that stuff, like even to be able to not even have to taste that is like just the littlest things that God is so deserving of so sometimes when you're worshiping you're not sure like what to do just just think about those kind of things um it'll kind of i don't know it, it it should push you to worship god because he deserves it for so many reasons he doesn't even have to do anything to get that he just deserves it so
11: I want to share a a scripture with you guys. Something like, I think in religious circles, a lot of times in churches or in just people's minds, uh, we question whether it's okay to want God's power or want a specific thing, um, want the gifts of tongues, want the gifts of prophecy. Hello. Well, that's a little interesting. and the Bible plainly says that it is okay, all right? there There is one spirit, and he gives gifts to men as he sees fit. It says that in the Word. But we're also encouraged to earnestly desire. And I'm going to read a verse for you guys, okay? And I know it's close to lunchtime, and this isn't on the schedule, but I don't care. I also don't care if you guys are really hungry and you want to leave and go eat food. That's fine. But um, w- I want to set the stage right here, Um for um importation okay we have some people here who have gifts and i want john to play and if any of the other people want to join him and play but i'd like some of you guys to actually pray over any of the kids that that want something from god and it's okay to want a specific thing but keep your mind open god may have a bigger or better or different plan for you and he he may want to give you something else or it may come tomorrow or it may come next week but if we don't ask we don't receive necessarily because God wants to give us things that we're seeking. Um, But it says in 1 Corinthians 12 verse 31, and Paul just went through explaining about all the gifts of healing prophecy and all the various things that happen in the church, but he says, earnestly desire and zealously cultivate. Okay, So you have to desire it. And then once you have it, you have to cultivate it. How many people have ever grown a plant or watered plants in a house or a garden, okay? If you don't water it, it dies. If it's not in the sunlight, it dies, okay? You have to cultivate it. And you have to desire it first, and then once you have it, you have to cultivate it. If God, let's say God gave Annie the gift of tongues, if she never speaks in tongues again, that gift will probably die within her, okay? Um Paul told Timothy stir up the gifts that are within you stir them up He didn't say God will stir them up he said stir up the gifts that are within you okay so we're gonna we're gonna take a little bit of time how much of time it takes to uh do prayers of importation and to ask God to bring his gifts here I'm gonna read it again earnestly desire and zealously cultivate the greatest and best gifts and graces the higher gifts and the choicest graces, and yet I will show you still a more excellent way, one that is better by far and the highest of them all. So it's not enough to just have the gifts. You've got to desire them, you have to cultivate them, and then you have to use them, motivated by love. So we're just going to soak for a minute in the music. Want anything from God? Um, I just want you to come up here and kneel, and I'm going to come up here and be the first person to do it because I don't think we ever reach a place where we have everything that God has for us until we've fulfilled our purpose on the earth. And I know my life isn't done, so if nobody else joins me, I don't care. It's just me and God. But um, I just want—I just want to show you guys that it's never. We never have arrived. We've never fully attained everything that God has for us. So in your own way, just ask God. And we'll have these these people who have who have experienced God in various ways pray for each one of us. Um, I sorry,
9: this is song, okay. Um if there's anybody who just wants to worship God.
4: So if anyone um, really wants to experience God and have that place to start, that starting place of, of a platform of something to worship off of, I just encourage you to just come up. Even if you don't get prayer, that you would just come up and that you would just wait to receive from the Lord to hear that He loves you or that He, he desires you.
14: Thank you. i <laughs> The worship arrives The true worship arrives for such a time eyes to see, give us ears to hear.
11: Wait and listen, everyone who is thirsty. Come to the waters, and he who has no money, come, buy, and eat. Yes, come, buy priceless spiritual wine and milk without money and without price, simply for the self-surrender that accepts the blessing. Why do you spend your money for that which is not bread? and your earnings for what does not satisfy. Hearken diligently to me, and eat what is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear, submit and consent to the divine will, and come to me here, and your soul will revive. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercy. Kindness, goodwill, and compassion promised to David. Seek, inquire for, and and require the Lord while he may be found, claiming him by necessity and by right. Call upon him while he is near. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. And let him return to the Lord, and he will have love, pity, and mercy for him. And to our God, for he will multiply to him his abundant pardon. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. For as the rain and snow come down from the heavens and return not there again, but water the earth, and make it bring forth and sprout, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the, to the eater. So shall my word be that goes forth out of my mouth. It'll, it shall not return to me void without producing any, any effect, but it shall accomplish that which I please and purpose, and it shall prosper in the thing for which I sent it. For you shall go out... You shall go out from the spiritual exile caused by sin and evil into the homeland with joy and be led forth by your leader, the Lord himself, and his word. With peace, the mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands. Instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree, or I will replace the thorns with cypress trees, and instead of briars shall come forth the myrtle tree, and it shall be to the Lord for a name of renown, for an everlasting sign of jubilant exaltation, and memorial to his praise, which shall not be cut off. So wait and listen, everyone who is thirsty. Come to the waters, and he who has no money, come, buy and eat. Yes, come, buy priceless spiritual wine and milk without money and without price, simply for the self-surrender that accepts the blessing. God, we're hungry for you. Upon us, God, so much that we can't contain it. We're desperate. We're desperate for you, O God. We have nothing to offer the world. We have nothing to offer the world except that which you give us.
15: More, Lord. More, Lord.
11: More, Lord. More, Lord.
15: Come you who are thirsty, come.
11: Stay here.